This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Liz Rawlingson is the founder of Gus and Bow, baby playmats in simple patterns and muted colours to fit to your home. Liz founded her business while on maternity leave with her second son Gus after 14 years working in retail. So hi Liz, thank you so much for being here. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no problem. And I'm so excited that we've got to talk because we've tried to do this a few times. I'm so glad we're yeah. finally speaking. Um, <laughs> and I actually think it's maybe good it's been a bit longer than we anticipated because so many exciting things have happened to you recently, which we are definitely going to talk about. Yeah, it has. It's been a crazy year. So let's start off, if you don't mind, by talking about yourself, your business and what it is that you sell. Yeah, so... Um, my name's Liz <laughs> and I am uh, married to someone called Rolo who has his own business as well and we have three children. I have two sons at home, Gus and Jerry. Gus is three and a half now and Jerry is one and a half, not quite a lockdown baby. He was born in December 2019 uh, but his maternity leave with me was uh, during the global pandemic, which wasn't that wasn't the maternity leave I was expecting. Um, and then my first son, Bo, um, I had him in 2016. He was he was devastatingly stillborn when I was 38 weeks pregnant. Um, so he, I mean, was the major inspiration for me being able to go on to start my own business. Um, I was really lucky a year later after having Bo to have Gus, our, our rainbow baby boy. And whilst I was on maternity leave with Gus, I was looking for a playmat for him and one that would kind of fit in with our living room. I wanted to have it in our living living space. And I didn't really want one of the primary coloured ones with the alphabet on. I was trying to look for something a bit different, a puzzle playmat, but in, in nicer colours. And I couldn't find one. Um, so I thought I'll design and manufacture my own um, and when I think back I, I can't quite believe that I just decided to go ahead and, and do it um, I have always been quite a confident person um, but I I, uh, I still am amazed that I just that I decided to go ahead and, and do that I think when you're on maternity leave you're mind is so focused on your child and not on anything else you do actually have time to think about other things and be creative um so 
Gus and Bo, my playmat business, was born in 2019. It was launched in March 2019. Um, yeah, sorry, I couldn't work out if that was the right date. So time has just uh, rapidly disappeared. So, yeah, we sell jigsaw puzzle playmats in simple colours and patterns. And the whole idea is that they can fit into anywhere in your home um, and to match your interior design uh, without kind of taking your spaces over and making them look like soft play areas. And since then, we've sold uh, 5,000 playmats in the last two years. So it's been incredible. It's been a real roller coaster, uh, but it's been way more than I ever could have could have dreamed of. That's absolutely amazing. And um, I really relate to what you said as well about starting when you were on maternity leave, because I did the same. I started my retail brand when my little one was six weeks old for kind of similar reasons that I was all focused on the kids. Um, But I also wanted to do something for me. And for once in my life, I actually had some space to do that because little ones sleep and you you do have a bit, strangely, I felt like I did have more headspace than I had prior to having my second Mm. And I've worked for just such a long time. I've always been a really ambitious person as well. And I've worked in retail uh, for for about 13 years now. Um, I started off working at Liberty, which was amazing. And I, I was a PA as my first role to um, what was then called the head of internet. That's how long ago it was. Um, and he ran the website. And I got involved in e-commerce ever since then. Um, and since then, I worked at L'Oreal. And then I went on to Not on the High Street and then most recently at um, Anya Highmarch. But I think it was definitely when I was at Not on the High Street, when I was surrounded by all these incredible small businesses that I really thought I I want to run my own thing one day, uh, run my own business. Um, And because you just all these incredible businesses, they were just creating such incredible things and working for themselves. I I could see that it was difficult for them, but it was definitely something that I aspired to. Um, And so when I was on maternity leave, I think I was so used to working constantly and my mind always being very, very busy that I wanted to fill my mind again with something else. And you do have the time, you do have the headspace a bit more to start to think, uh, think a bit more clearly about what you'd like to do. Yeah, which is strange as you'd kind of think that that would be the opposite, but yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah. And so it sounds like, so you'd always had it in the back of your mind, you might do this. Were you actively like thinking about sort of product ideas or business ideas prior to that? No. Something in the back of your mind? No. No, I I, I wasn't. I, I really wasn't. I didn't have any ideas of anything that I wanted to do. So it really was that story that you hear that you look for something and you can't find it. So you think surely other parents um, want this and are looking for this. Mm. And I felt very strongly about that. I knew that I spent a lot of time on Instagram anyway, um, looking at other people's interiors and following lots of other parents on Instagram. And so I did have a good sense of what people would want in their homes. So I did feel like there was definitely a gap in the market for a puzzle, a beautiful puzzle playmat that you could expand and you could have it as big as you wanted, but you could use smaller pieces as well. Um, so no, I, I never thought, right, well, I just need to think of the idea. I just need to think of the idea. It kind of just happened. Um, and then the hard work starts from there, doesn't it? I mean, as soon as you have the idea, that's when, that's when you have to decide, do I go for this? Do I do it? Um, 
And I just, I, I think so, what happened with me, um, I was very fearless in that year. Um, I had Gus at home. And what had happened to my husband and I with our, our son, Bo, was one of the worst things I could imagine happening to us. So I then had very little fear from then on. My kind of outlook on life then was, okay, what what's the worst that can happen? Because I felt like the worst had already happened mm. to me. Um, so in that year, I just went for it. And I, I kind of haven't looked back since, really, just... Um, it doesn't get any easier at all. If anything, I think um, as your business grows, it, it gets more challenging, new challenges along the way. Um, but yeah, I'm so pleased that I did go for it that year and kept pushing it and managed to launch my own business. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And um, we'll definitely talk a bit later about some of the new challenges that you've come mm. across, because I've, I've seen some of them sort of happen. And I, <laughs> I, I think as we were talking before we started recording, even things that are sort of positive, there can also be challenges on the other side mm. of that. Um, if you don't mind, let's talk a little bit about sort of, so you had this idea and you literally just ran with it. So what exactly, you know, some of the steps you went through and maybe also an idea of how long it, it took you as well, just might be um, useful for people listening. Yeah, definitely. So I I had Gus in October 2017 and I'd say it was kind of the middle of 2018 that I was thinking about the playmat idea um, and we launched a year later in March 2019 so I would say it took me almost a year from the thought of it to then actually having the product in my in my hands um, but the actual getting it designed and manufactured is a, bit, is a bit shorter because it does take a long time for the product to actually, once you've got the product design sorted and you know where it's being made, the time it then takes um, for it to actually be manufactured and sent to you is quite a, quite a lengthy time. Um, the first place I started was um, just researching. Researching, is there anything out there? Is there a similar, who would your competitors be? There are some wonderful playmat businesses um, out there, such as Totter and Tumble, who do a beautiful one-piece playmat. Um, so really knowing your market and seeing if there is space for you, that's something I, I started off with. And then thinking about designs, um, Triangle was our first design. I knew I wanted to keep it very, very simple, um, especially because it's like a puzzle. You, um, if you keep your pattern very, very simple, then it can be expanded as much as you want and very, um, very simply. So our customers can add on tiles whenever they want. So I knew I wanted to keep it very simple. Instagram at the time was just covered in everything white and grey. Everything, everyone's homes were grey. That's that's evolved quite a bit now, just in the space of two years. Um, so I wanted to keep it very simple. So. I have a very good friend of mine who I worked with at Anya Highmarch, who's a graphic designer, because I'm not in any way a, a graphic designer. I don't have that skill at all. Um, and I started working with her very quickly on laying out my designs onto a playmat um, and doing a brand design for me as well. Uh, so my logo, colours, etc. But then obviously alongside this, I had to find who was going to make the playmats. So I did a lot of research into EVO foam, which is the material that's used for our playmats. And the raw material isn't made anywhere in Europe. I, I really wanted to try and keep 
the playmat manufacturer um, manufacturing process within Europe, but it's not made here. Um, if people do have playmats kind of sliced up and printed in anywhere in Europe, it's that they've had the uh, raw material imported in. So I started to research for manufacturers and I found an amazing manufacturer in China um, who we still use now. We actually use two different manufacturers now, uh, but we still use our original one. And we went through a process of sending them designs, um, getting samples back, uh, tweaking them and making sure that we built a really good relationship together as well. Ideally, if you can go and visit factories, that is that would be great. We haven't been able to um, since we started working with our factory in China, but it's something that we definitely will do as soon as everything eases up, either uh, probably next year. Um, so we began working with um, our amazing factory and my first delivery came yeah, in March 2019. And we started selling on our website. So I, my background is in e-commerce and retail. So I knew how to set up a business on a, on a website and I knew all of that side of things, um, digital marketing and social. So that side of it, I really enjoy and love. The production side was completely new to me and I learned so much along the way. I'm still learning all the time, um, but that's something that I had absolutely zero experience in at all. But I'd say I'm so pleased I did it. I'm so pleased I went through all of that experience myself right from day one, because as your business grows, if you do start to work with other people, other people come and help, you have that experience. You did it yourself from the from the day one so I'm so pleased I went through it uh, through all of the um, the whole process on my own um so yeah it was I mean I think what when I look back there was definitely a point when uh, my container was on its way to me where I thought oh wow there's no going back now <laughs> you know the playmats front away we've got to sell them now and I I'd say all of that part is very exciting getting set up once you put the website live that's when the hard, in my opinion, that's when the hard work starts because then you have to sell and you have to do, you have to learn how you're going to find your customer and how you're going to sell your product. Um, I think a lot of people get wrapped up in the, all the excitement of the build up to a business. And you kind of think as soon as you set it live, that suddenly you're going to sell lots of products. But um, I do think the hard work starts once you, once you hit that live button. Absolutely. And I really liked what you shared about the amount of research that you did, because that's something that I'm all about is just, you know, working hard at the outset. And I'm assuming that through that research, you probably had a, not only a good idea about sort of what the product might look like and who might buy it, but where those people might be. And I'm, I may be yeah. jumping to a massive conclusion here, but you spoke about how you spent a lot of time on Instagram. And when I started researching you and your business for this episode, one of the first things I noticed was how lovely your Instagram is. Like your feed is just amazing you've got a huge following and people obviously really like what you do so was that part of your strategy um at, at the outset was that was absolutely. Instagram somewhere you thought that you could sell absolutely Instagram has been huge for my business um the biggest channel the biggest channel by far of where I find my customers and um how people recommend us and share our business with their friends um it's been huge so I knew that Instagram was going to be a massive part. 
it is a full-time job for anybody that's starting their business that is something I would say about Instagram I have a real love-hate relationship with Instagram I love it because you know I've met so many amazing people and it's been a huge boost for my business however sometimes you become very disillusioned with it and it's there's quite a lot of pressure um, especially when your business relies on it so if you go a day without posting something and your sales are a bit down you feel a lot of pressure to make sure that you come up with something to to post on your Instagram um so I would say if you really want the most out of Instagram you really have to put the work in uh, I do a lot of planning planning of content I use an amazing app called later uh, and I at the beginning of my business I did a lot of influencer gifting it, that was a really big part for me of being able to get our business out there um I chose them I chose people really carefully that we wanted to work with uh, all different sizes um but people that I knew would share that would want the playmat first of all that's number one is making sure that the person would would use it and they didn't just want you know free product but it's something where we would be working together um and where they would take beautiful photos that I could use on my feed because that that content creation for a business is is so important and when you say about my Instagram feed I mean 60-70% of that is other people's photos um and yeah I mean our playmats do look beautiful in people's homes which is which is a really uh, lucky part of, of it for me um I'd say the biggest boost that we had on our Instagram uh was we had two celebrity uh, endorsements really early on uh, the biggest was from Stacey Solomon and I got really lucky with Stacey Sol- Solomon I just sent her a DM and she was pregnant with her um, baby Rex at the time and I asked her if she wanted a playmat and she got back to me and said that she would love one and so she had one right from the beginning of having Rex and ever since then uh, we've had an amazing relationship and anytime Stacey mentions me in her stories, we get a, a huge boost of followings and orders straight away. So she's she's an amazing ambassador of small businesses. And uh, I've absolutely loved collaborating with her. Um, and the next one was Vogue Williams. And the way that I worked with Vogue was I actually sent a playmat to her management. And again, I got really lucky with timing of her little boy, Theodore, was just at the right age of, of needing a playmat. And again, we've worked with each other ever since. When I've got new designs, we've collaborated. And she's been an amazing uh, a boost for us as well. Um, the, she's got a huge following in Ireland. So we had a, a, a real increase in orders from Ireland from Vogue as well. Um, so the other way that's kind of the main ways that we've grown our Instagram following is being on it all the time, um, doing lots of uh, sharing and commenting on other people's posts and then having these influencer endorsements have been amazing for us as well. That's amazing. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen so your, your recent endorsement by Stacey on her stories. Um, mm. I saw that a few, I mean, do you want to actually, I've got lots more questions, but do you want to actually tell the story about what happened a few weeks ago? Well, a few weeks <laughs> yeah. ago from the time of this recording and sort of the impact yes. that's had. I think that'd be really interesting yeah. for people. 
Yeah, so Stacy had moved in. I say Stacy, like me and her are best friends. Um, Stacy had moved into her new home, Pickle Cottage. I also feel like I know so much about her because I follow her stories and I, I'm such a fan of hers. I love how she shares on Instagram and I find her hilarious. Um, but she was having a launch party for. Um, uh, oh, I can't remember what the launch was for. I think it was in the style, and she was setting up a bit of a soft play outside of the play mat. Um, and she asked if um, she'd be happy, if we'd be happy for us to uh, take some play mats to her. My husband actually delivered them to her. Um, Stacy always offers to pay for them as well, uh, but the impact that Stacy has on our brand, it is. 100% worth it for us to um, work so closely with her and take the playmats to her. It's, it's huge. So my husband took them and met Joe Swash, which I, I just always think is, is very funny. Um, and then she posted on her stories and we have an, an immediate impact. I think we had nearly 4,000 new followers, um, a huge increase in sales. So big, in fact, that actually we are pretty much out of stock on everything at the time of this recording. Um, but we've got a big restock arriving in June. Um, so yeah, the, and she, she's just she's just so lovely how she talks about your brand as well and tells her followers about it. And she's very very supportive. Um, so I feel very very lucky in that sense. That's amazing. And um, we were talking a little bit before, weren't we? That it's abs- it's absolutely fantastic that that she shared and that's sort of the impact that's had on you but going out of stock isn't actually well it's, it sounds it sounds brilliant doesn't it sort of oh, I'm, I've sold yeah. out but actually let's talk if you don't mind let's actually talk a little yeah. bit about what about the impact on on that for a bit yeah there. I mean there's there's two sides of it I, I'm terrible because I really don't like being out of stock I love having everything in stock all the time however the positive there's a couple of positive sides yeah. obviously one positive is that you've sold your playmats you've sold your product which is fantastic um, the other positive side is that it does create demand. So if you see something that you really want and it's out of stock, psychologically that tells you that other people want it and it just makes you want it more. So there is a positive side of being out of stock. Uh, I'm incredibly impatient and I want everything in stock right now. Um, but I have to see the positive sides of it because I always you feel like you're losing customers as well. There's the option of pre-order. Um, I've worked in... I've worked in retail e-commerce for a long time now and I've had real highs and lows with pre-order um, in all the businesses that I've worked in. I much prefer to wait as close as possible to the product arriving so that I don't let customers down. And also you don't want to give yourself extra work either. So if there is a delay, you then have to contact all these customers again saying, I'm so sorry, the playwright's delayed. There's going to be another two weeks before you receive them. So I do like to leave pre-order as close as possible to me knowing that the playmats are going to arrive on a certain date. Um, so we will be doing that in June, uh, but I just have to be patient and, and hold off on pre-order because I just have had bad experiences on pre-order in previous, previous companies. Um, so yeah, there's, there's highs and lows. I'm just very impatient and I, I like to have a, I, I hate the thought of losing a customer. I hate the thought of somebody coming to my site and wanting a playmat and they can't get it immediately. But um they're coming. They're on their way. They're on a container on a ship right now as we speak. And so when this episode goes live, which is the middle of June, 
they should either be in stock or very close to being in stock hopefully uh, yeah go and exactly go. yeah I mean the the one of the biggest challenges for me so far this year and majority of businesses um, is if you import your product uh, there are huge delays um, on shipping containers and also extortionate rises in shipping cost um, so the cost of sending a container to the UK from China is currently three times what it would have been pre-COVID and pre-Brexit. Uh, for some businesses, it's absolutely crippling. I mean, for me, it's a it's it's a huge um, increase and it's it's a, a difficult one. Um, but it's something that loads of businesses, large and small, are going through, and we have little control over it. Uh, so it's been a it's been a really massive challenge um, so far this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that, um, yeah, as there are lots of delays at customs as well, that there weren't yes. pre-Brexit. So it's, I think it is a really challenging time. And what about um, sort of production times? Have you, have, have they got closer to normal now or are they still? Yes. So delayed? our production times are, are okay. Our production times are fine. It's actually just getting the product from um, China to the UK. And we're also working with a supplier in Taiwan and in India as well. Um, India, most recently, they have um, a horrendous rise in their COVID cases. So everything is really like um, halted there at the moment. So there's a new product we're working on, uh, which has kind of come to a standstill because of the horrendous things going on in India at the moment. Um, so yeah, there are there are huge effects, uh, knock-on effects from COVID uh, on, on businesses, as, as everybody knows, really, so far this year. Yeah, thank you. Um, I would love to actually talk a little bit more, and I know we've been talking about it for a while, about but about Instagram social media, because mm. I just find it so interesting. And as I say, you're someone that I see doing it incredibly well. Um, one thing I'm really interested to know is, so what do you do at the moment? So at the moment, you don't have stocks, you can't sell. So what do you mm. what are you using this time for? If you don't mind me yeah. asking, no, it's a, it, absolutely because it's so, a really hard, isn't it, to be a product business and not have a product you can actually sell it, at this point in time. It, it is really hard. So at the moment, we have two styles still in stock, um, which are available to buy, and they're actually our best sellers, which is our triangle in grey and in white. So we we have some which will hopefully see us through to the new stock arriving, but all of our others, star, mini cross, um, circles, confetti, they're all out of stock. Now, my strategy is that I actually continue to promote our brand as I would usually. I still talk about the products which are out of stock. I want people to know that uh, they're coming. Uh, we have a waiting list online uh, on our website, gusandbow.com. And as soon as the stock arrives, as soon as I put the stock into the system, everyone on that waiting list receives an email saying it's here um, and you can buy. Or if I put it on pre-order, the same will happen. So my strategy on social media is to continue as I as I always would. Um, you have to keep going. You can't really just stop and then hope that when the stock arrives, you start posting content again and you're going to have the same engagement. Um, the other thing we do, we do quite a lot of um, different types of content. I mean, last week, my children weren't very well and I asked on my Instagram stories what the best remedies were for children with snotty nose <laughs> sorry geez, you won't expect me to use the word snotty on the podcast um and they were my most viewed stories of all time <laughs> so I 
I was starting to think, oh, I need to give up the play mats and just talk about uh, remedies. But all of the answers that people gave to me, it, it was my most viewed stories. So we do a lot as well of just talking about things that parents are going through. And we also give, we do lots of different um, activities. Um, we do like a design your own play mat competition. That was amazing. Some of the designs that came through from that. Um, during the pandemic last year, we had a wonderful colouring in poster uh, for the NHS that you could put in your window. Um, we did an Easter egg hunt. So we do lots of different ideas of content. I work really closely with my graphic designer on that. She's incredible at coming up with, with ideas. So yeah, my strategy isn't to just stop and be like, I'll start talking again once they're in stock. I just keep going. I keep telling everybody about our play mats and you never know, it, a lot of our followers are pregnant and they're researching. So come June, they might be ready to buy a play mat then. Um, that's my strategy. I have no idea if it's the right strategy. So that sounds good to me and I think it's good for people to hear um, for anyone who comes who sort of finds himself in that situation but also for people who might have ordered their first batch of their product and it's going to take two months to get here mm. on a ship I think it's good to hear that you can actually be talking about your products and and sharing and also not just your products oh, as definitely. you say what's great about your stories is you talk about yourself as well there's like a person behind the brand and the yes. parent behind the brand and yes. I think you can be doing all of that even before your product is actually ready to sell whether it's your first order or, or whether you've sold out mm. I think it's it's just maybe good for people to hear that you don't you don't have to have something there to sell at hand to talk no, about your products a- absolutely and especially like you said with the launch of a product it's so important to talk about it before it's here. It takes so long to get the awareness of your product out there. I mean, I've barely touched the surface of how, of the amount of people that I could tell about my my brand. Um, so you have to start. You have to start building it up and put the interest into into people's minds, and um, also try and get some press beforehand if you can as well, um, and build that up. So uh, yeah. I think keep talking. And like you say about the person behind the brand, I've started to do that a lot more um, in the last six months or so, I'd say. I still don't do stories um, of just myself. I'm not quite there yet, confidence wise, Um, but I'm building up, building up to that. Me too. (laughs) Not that keen on having my face on camera at the moment. No, I don't feel, yeah, yeah, I don't feel confident enough yet with, uh, yeah, showing myself. Oh, it's something to build up to maybe yeah <laughs> um so I'd love to know actually like how you manage all of this because obviously you've still got a young family it sounds like mm. Instagram is pretty much a full-time job how yeah. how are you how are you doing it all with, dif- with difficulty <laughs> um it's been it's been hard uh, when I launched I was still working um for uh, four days a week at Anya Highmarch as the e-com director there. I don't know how I did it then. I actually, I'm not sure how I ran the business. A huge part of that is my husband. He he runs his own business, but he was a huge help in everything from packing orders, um, receiving um, all of our product in. So I, there's no way I would have been able to do it without him. Absolutely no way. I also failed to mention, yeah, in the March that we went live, um, a month later, I was pregnant. So I was actually pregnant for the first uh, good six, seven months of the running of my business. 
Um, <laughs> and so even, even then I'm a bit like, I'm not entirely sure how I did it. I was then on maternity leave with my son, Jerry. Um, but then COVID hit. So I was at home with Gus and Jerry um, and running the business. It was really hard. I, I can't lie. It was very difficult trying to get everything done. I did have a bit of a moment where I realised you can't get everything done. You cannot look after your children and run a business. Um, if you can, you're an absolute superwoman, but I, I can't. I cannot look after and care for my two children as well as uh, running a business. So that became very, very clear um, that I have to either focus on my children or focus on the business um, I can't blend them so we really did work together my husband and I of me being able to focus on Gus and Bo when needed um, but I would say my business last year it really boomed it did really really well I was really lucky uh, but I always felt that I wasn't able to put 100% into it um, but now we have a wonderful nanny and we also, Gus has just started preschool as well. So having my own space that I work from um, is, is just amazing. And I'm completely, I, I was also able to resign from my job at Anya Highmarch um, at the end of last year. So I'm fully working on Gus and Bo now. Uh, but it is, it's difficult. It's, it's difficult. However, I wouldn't want it any other way. It's the most rewarding thing I've, I've ever done. I've worked for some uh, incredible big companies. I worked on amazing projects, but nothing is quite like being able to run this business and also have the flexibility of taking Gus to preschool. I can go and pick him up from preschool. Um, me and him can go and have a a little coffee and a cake together you know the flexibility is has been a huge change on my life rather than when I was working when I first had Gus I was leaving the house at half eight and I was back at six o'clock every night um so the flexibility has been yeah has been amazing highs and lows I would say yeah, I think that's I think that's true and fair. I feel exactly the same. I love the fact that I can take my children to school and pick them up, and if we ever have sports days again and stuff, I can turn up yeah. to all of that. But I think yeah. it's also really important, as you said, that to just acknowledge that you can't do it all. And um, I think it's really good that you've mentioned that you that you've got some help because I think we all it's I I well maybe as you say maybe there are people who are doing it all. I can't do it all either. Um, no. And I think whether it's help in your business, whether it's help with your family, whether it's help in the home, I just think if you can mm. get some help somewhere, yes. I think it's a really yeah. important thing to do. And there's no, you know, and there should be no shame in it or any stigma around it because we need to do what 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 we need to do to get everything done. And in the world we live in, the only way that we are going to progress as women in business is if we have help, as if yeah. we have childcare, as mothers in business, is if you have childcare. It's, it, it's the only way to start to get any kind of equality. The fact that there's still a stigma attached to having childcare completely baffles me um, because I don't, I, I don't understand how, as a mother, you're supposed to be able to work and look after your children at the same time. Also, I am... a million times 
better a mother. Sorry, that sentence is really badly worded, <laughs> but I'm so much better as a mother when I've had time working alone and having that headspace on my own. If I'm if I'm trying to do it all all the time, by the end of the day, I, my mental health is not is not in a good place. So for me personally, I need time to be able to work on my business or and, and work and time to be with my children. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You sort of need to have those set times and have boundaries. I found myself that when my children are both at school, so I have that sort of set time during the week, but when um, schools were closed and I had them at home and I was trying to homeschool while work, it just didn't mm. work because you, you can't be fully present for anything if you're trying exactly. to do it all at once. Um, no. It just you just can't do it or I can't do it yeah no I mean I I tried and kind of had to for a while um but when when, um restrictions eased a bit in the summer last year I was really lucky that um to have my sisters helping me as well I've got a really big family I've got seven sisters I'm the second eldest of eight daughters which is um yeah the best thing ever (laughs) um but also the one of the hardest things over the last year from not being able to see them uh, it's been really tough but when uh, restrictions eased I, I did have a lot of help so I was very lucky um, until we were able to actually have childcare. Yeah no that is it's, I think it's amazing and I think that yeah there's no shaming asking for help where you know mm. like I said whether it's with your family or your business or whatever and speaking of which are there any parts of your business that you're outsourcing or thinking about outsourcing? So from the beginning I've had a lot of help with graphic design which has been amazing for me. Um, it's uh, given me tools that I can use on my Instagram stories um, or in email, email design, but having that brand, the brand guidelines set for me is, was huge. And then just recently I've started working um, with an amazing woman called Sophie from the social pod on my Facebook advertising. It was something I was doing myself, but not very well um she has done an amazing job and completely increased my sales very quickly um from doing the correct ads and targeting so that's something that I've outsourced um as I grow there will definitely be um more things that I I need help with and uh hand over to other people my husband and I still pack orders we still send every order out um we have our own um warehouse space in Peckham uh so I'm hoping it gets to a point where somebody else packs orders at some point but I actually really I actually really enjoy it sometimes if I've had a if you know if I've had a any difficult time or you know I'm not feeling quite stressed the thought of going for a day and packing orders is actually amazing to me because it's a it's a simple task that I can focus on and that is important for my business and it gives me time to kind of think and process my thoughts as well so uh yeah I actually really enjoy packing orders yeah I guess it's quite must be quite like a mindful activity like you say you don't have to feel yeah. too much about it you've just got some mm. headspace and mm. I hope you don't mind me asking the question it's just, we were talking obviously about not being able to do it all and I'm a big believer that applies in your business as well that you can't possibly n- know how to do you can't be the expert in everything um, no because that's a downfall of mine because I think I am <laughs> So that's just a a personality trait I've always had where I think I can do everything. (laughs) I think I know everything, but uh, I don't. Um, And you can't do everything. But at the beginning, 
you do have to do everything. you do absolutely and I think it's I I don't think I can do everything but I'll be honest I found I find it really hard because I don't think I can do everything but I think I can do a lot of things better than somebody yes. else could yeah. um and or Definitely. I or I worry about um that you know ha- spending money on paying someone to do something I, I could oh, do that of myself course. and all of exactly. that in the last year I've started outsourcing not not mm. much but bits and pieces and um it's nice because packing orders was something I didn't like doing. So I've, that's the, was the right. first thing I outsourced because I didn't enjoy it. I just yeah. felt like I never did a good enough job of it. You know, I felt like I'd never put the tape on straight and the boxes. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Just, yeah. I just felt like that wasn't a skill and I didn't enjoy it. Mm. So eventually I decided to outsource it. And I think that might be the first of a few things because yeah. it's just, it's when something comes off your plate and you have that time, that time easily gets filled again with something else. Mm. Um, yes. So hopefully that'll be the first. It's- so I, I think in any job, actually, and something over my career, one of the biggest learnings is how to delegate. And that's been a huge learning for me everywhere I worked, because I always wanted to just do everything myself, um, which people that have worked with me will tell you it's a bit of a nightmare, really, when they are <laughs> screaming out to want to do it. Um, so a big learning is is how, how to delegate to people. And I'd say I went quite backwards in that once I started my own business after learning a lot um over the last kind of five years in in working at uh, l'oreal and not on the high street but uh i definitely went backwards in wanting to do everything myself but like you say as soon as you free up some time and you find someone you trust to do something for you you can then focus on something else you have to you have to outsource things that other people can do if that sentence makes sense there are always going to be things that only i want to do um so coming up with new product ideas, working with our factories, um, you know, there's, there's always going to be things that I want to own, but you have to pass over things that someone else can do. Definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. I just did an episode recently about, and it will be live actually by the time we, the time this goes live about outsourcing. And that was something that we talked about then, um, about how there are certain things that only you can do, but then there are all those things that take up quite a bit of time. Um, but that anyone could really do or anyone who exactly. knew how to do it. Yeah. But those you are just things, don't want to give it up. Yeah, those are the things that I tend to hang on to because I just think, oh, it'll only take me five minutes. But then when yes. you're doing 10 things that take five minutes, it all um it all adds mm. up. Yeah. So I think I think it's really I think it's really positive to talk about getting help and asking for help because yes, absolutely absolutely cannot do it all. Yeah. No. So I just have one final question before we finish, if that's okay, Liz which is what is your number one piece of advice to somebody else starting up a products business? My number one piece of advice is to do your research at the beginning. Um, So if you have an idea of what product you want to make, um, then do your research, make sure you know who your competitors are, the pricing, what other people are offering. um, And then go for it because there is a high chance that if you love this product and you find a need for it at home that someone else will as well um i would always tell people to go for it as soon as they know that they have the right product and they really believe in it just yeah go for it but the yeah number one is research do your research at the beginning thank you i like that That, that, that'll probably be mine as well actually (laughs) yeah (laughs) no one's ever asked me but yeah i i think the research like you say is key because i think that gives you the confidence to go for it as well yes yeah, you don't second guess yourself then. You're like, no, this is there's no one else doing it. 
and uh, someone else is surely going to want it as well. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Liz. I'm going to link over in the show notes to your website and to your Instagram, which I suggest everyone comes to have a look at. It's just you can get to see lots of your mats in lots of lovely homes, which I think is mm. lovely cute. and cute babies as well. Some nice babies. Yeah, lo- lots of cute babies. <laughs> yeah, sometimes makes me want another one. And then, uh, yeah, they doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much, Liz. I really love talking to you. I thank you so much for everything you shared. I think it's super useful. So thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. Thanks, no Vicky. Problem. Hi, thank you so much for listening. As always, I would absolutely love to know what you thought of this episode. Please do remember to rate and view the show and also, most importantly, subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And as a reminder, I release a new episode every single Friday. So take care and look forward to speaking to you again then. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.